Hello and welcome back to Bobblehead Podcast. Today we have uh, another fun Wiki Bobby discussion, uh, really dealing with quotes again of the great Talladega Nights movie and how they really affect us and, and trying to take those quotes and put them into context what we deal with on a daily basis. So today is really dealing with competition. And what we talk about is competition, not only with our competitors, but competing with ourselves and trying to be the best. In this case today, what we talk about is company. How, we, how can we be the best we can possibly be and not even worry about who our competition is? But also talking a little bit about competition and, and how that affects us in the marketplace. So I think you're going to like this. So, uh, hey, sit back, enjoy, and uh, let us know what you think. think we can do this i think we have the capability to do another podcast today you, so you think so i'm i'm whether glad we, whether we can or not we're going to you know it's getting to the point where you know wearing these shirts for a while <laughs> yeah. are, like, you, are you smelling yourself yeah i was, i, I, I kind of whiff i'm like maybe it's do you time. smell like you smell like wonder bread and bo <laughs> fig newtons big newtons that's true uh i can remember my dad telling a story and i'm, I'm not gonna say um what soup company it was but it was a large soup company and uh, that narrows he sold, way down. yeah, he sold, uh, my dad had sold some copiers into the soup company and he would tell me he was kind of doing a factory tour one day, kind of walking through the place. And uh, I think it was the, it was a, like a chicken soup, like a chunky chicken noodle soup or something like that, that they had these big, huge vats. And, uh, and this guy had a hair nut, hair net, like he was posting everything else. And he had, had like a, a muscle shirt on and I don't know if he had dropped something in the bat or just trying to stir it, but he had his arm down in there and like his armpit was down in the soup, stirring it up. And dad said, I will never eat soup again. You know, it kind of kills the the need or the purpose of a hairnet. And this, did he have an armpit hairnet on? Do, do you know, was that part of the story? <laughs> Maybe he shaved his armpits. Oh, uh, you but know what? That's, that's anyway. So does that, does that smell like uh, chicken soup and armpit? that's a heck of a frame of reference there man like i maybe it it takes a minute to really think through what yeah it really does like now i'm gonna go analyze it and i'll send you an email later just to it's more like the chicken the chicken broth with the bo maybe we can which is really probably not that far off we can put that in the show notes (laughs) just is a what is a reflection yeah yeah (laughs) like like be like it really does smell like chicken noodle soup and uh yeah bo and fig newtons i bet i bet everything at smells least like 30 or 40 percent of the people stop listening at this point <laughs> that's that takes it down to a really really small number <laughs> so there's two people still listening <laughs> there were more armpit hairs that went into the soup that day than there are listeners, listeners left from left once we from take the, away 30 or 40 percent i agree and i doubt we'll edit that out <laughs> no no because that's who we are it needs to be left it does so um let's just jump right into it since yeah. we've kind of ruined everything with that um today's <laughs> quote uh, is from, I believe it was from uh, Sasha Barry Cohen. Yeah. So what was his character? What was the character's name? Um, I can't even remember. Jean. Jean Jacques. Je- yeah. Whatever. Jean, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. We, that I was. feel like we should know this, but we don't. We should. Whatever. So, um, so the quote is John Gerard. John Gerard. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. He was. In, in case you didn't see the movie, which I really hope you have to. See. Somebody surely you've seen the movie by now. Don't call me Shirley. Shirley. Thanks, sir. Um, is that he came over to by uh, the owner of the NASCAR team that Ricky Demet Bobby Racing, was part yeah. of, Demet Racing, to to finally win the whole thing. So I think he was an F1 driver, or as, as they would say, Formula, Formula Yeah. So uh, the quote is, God needs the devil, 
The Beatles needed the Rolling Stones. Even Diana Sawyer needed Katie Kirk. Will you be my Katie Kirk? And so in context, he was, John Gerard was actually talking to Ricky Bobby face to face, like two inches away from his face. And he was basically saying, will you be my competition? Yeah. So at this point in time, let's, let's roll the clip. God needs the devil. The Beatles needed the Rolling Stones. Even Diane Sawyer needed Katie Couric. Will you be my Katie Couric? Okay, so now that we've kind of listened to the clip and hear what he was saying, let's let's talk about how this applies. Sure. To me, this is really important. As an entrepreneur, um, it didn't take long for me to figure out that competition was a very important thing. Um, you know, we typically see competition both in our personal lives and our professional lives as a bad thing because it's always we're trying to defeat someone. And the end goal is to crush them, right? And that's to no longer make them the competition. And, and I want to say, I'm going to use the word enemy. You know, competition is not really not our enemy because it's not something, they're not bad people that, you know, but they're just somebody that is trying to get what we're trying to get and that they're trying to compete with us for dollars in the marketplace. Um, they're compete. Something's competing for our time at home, right? Whatever the competition is, but the reality is, competition is something we need. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I think without competition, complacency is is very close by, right? And in in context of the movie, Jean Girard, one of the reasons that he came over because he dominated so much in Formula Ugh, that he he there was nothing left for him to accomplish, right? So right. Basically, the last thing was to come over and compete against Ricky because he knew Ricky was the greatest competitor, and he needed that level of competition right. um, in his life. And and I, competition is such an interesting thing because you're talking about external versus internal competition, right? And you know, for us at Access, we certainly have our two or three biggest competitors, and and we we don't spend an exorbitant amount of time talking about our competition. Mm-hmm. We don't spend a lot of time figuring out how to necessarily defeat them in the marketplace. Um, it's certainly part of our value prop. Like how, how can we be the best solution within healthcare IT? Mm-hmm. But a lot of that comes from that internal type competition, right? And for me, I've always thought that ex- like external competition is a result of, of the focus on internal competition and subsequent internal operational and, and daily excellence, right? Like mm-hmm. we spent so much time focusing on how to get better as an organization than we were a month ago, a year mm-hmm. ago, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we compete against ourselves with metrics and we compete against ourselves um, on our own internal drivers. And then we've gotten a, a way better product as a result of that internal competition with ourselves, mm-hmm. as opposed to just focusing on what our competitor is doing. And I think that's so important because the one thing, we, we don't know what the day-to-day operations of our competitors look like. Mm-hmm. So if you're so worried about competing with competitor A, mm-hmm. the only thing you really can can base that off of in terms of their value proposition is their price, right? And I think you become so price driven on that. But the problem is we don't know what the operational costs of our competitors are. Mm-hmm. So if we try to beat them based on price alone, then next thing you know, we've we've priced ourselves at a point where it's not profitable for us as an organization. We're trying to make ourselves better and our support team better and our PS team better and our product better allows us to charge more for our mm-hmm. product based on value. And so we stop trying to focus and compete based on 
a commodity, a commoditized element such as price. Mm -hmm. I, I really like that. Um, and, and it's interesting that that's where you come from on that because you come from the operational world and that's how can we be the best we can be right. in order to be the best. Right. So I come from the sales and product world in that, um, I agree with you. It's not about price, but it's also about how we win. And, you know, we, there's a lot of factors going to how do we win? And so in sales, we win based on um, ourselves, on who we are, how we present ourselves, what is the product, right? Because at the end of the day, you have to have a product that's as good, if not better sure. than everybody else. And, and that's not just features, but it's how the product works. And I don't want to get into a whole thing about why I love products so much and why that's kind of my thing is how, do you, how does not just what the product can do, but how it works right? and how intuitive is it? How does it work? How is it flawless for the end user? Another discussion of the day, but you know, that's important to me because that sets us apart and that's what makes us better. There's the other part of the value add is not just the product, but like you said is what is it that we do that makes us better from an organization that makes the whole customer experience better from the, the prospect to the sale to the most important thing once the sales happen. And that's how do we treat the customer mm -hmm. um, afterwards. And, you know, those aren't feature sets that has nothing to do with quote unquote price, I guess, but it has everything to do with what, how do you feel about us as a vendor? And, you know, for me, when, and we've had this several times in the last year, this made me really happy. And that is, um, you know, for our end users to say, and you guys, I compare all of our other vendors to you guys. And they mean that in a positive, positive way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or I think we had one the other day that made me really happy. And that was somebody, had, somebody had, um, uh, put a service ticket in for something that was either gone wrong or something that had changed in the product. And, uh, and so we always, when we get done with all that, we always ask for feedback. How do we do? Give us a comment. And the comment was, I have to, with me and my team have to be careful um, in that we don't, we don't turn a service ticket in until we're ready to work on it because you guys respond so quickly that sometimes you catch us off guard and we're not ready. And man, that makes me happy um, because that's, those are doing the things that set us apart that when you think of our competitors in the marketplace, it's not always to the who has the best product. At first, it's about that. But when it really comes down to evaluating a vendor, it comes down to what kind of vendor are they? And to have those kind of quotes is the most important thing to me. You know, right. wow, they definitely have the best product and they have, you know, they can do way more than anybody else does. But then if they followed that up with, but man, their support, and their services and there's a company that really suck but it's really sad because they have the best product out there yeah you know one without the other is meaningless and so when you look at competition we have to be the absolute best at everything that we do from a we have the best product we have to have the best support we have to have best services we have the best people <coughs> so that when people think of us they think of access and they think of what a great company and what a great group of people. Yeah. So when I think of competition, that's what drives me. Yeah. And it speaks to an interesting blend of internal versus external competition because 
what is customer facing that our competitors can see is our product and mm -hmm. our feature sets, right? And we can add or take away to be able to be better than our competitors on the external facing elements of our organization, right? But when it comes to how we implement, mm -hmm. when it comes to how we support, that is 100% internal operational excellence and competing with ourselves um, against our metrics and against our standards of performance and our standard of excellence, mm -hmm. because we don't, we don't know. I mean, we, we anecdotally, we'll hear stories about our competitors and how they support their people or whatever, but we spend zero time thinking about them. We spend hundred percent of the time thinking about our customers and, and allow our customers to be the driver of why we want to get better right. because ultimately we're people helping people helping people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the ultimate result of our focus on internal competition is that, you know, patients in an acute or sometimes ambulatory setting get better care and better timeframes, right? That's that's the ultimate driver of what it is that we're trying to do. Right. And focusing on that internally rather than focusing on what our competitor is doing right. is is the catalyst to make all that happen. And that's the difference between having a competing product and a product that doesn't even compare to everybody else. Right. In a good way. Right. So think about if you focus on what is it what is our mission? What is the ultimate mission that we're trying to create for our prospects and our customers? And just like you said, we want to we want to create the have the best care possible for a patient in one of our hospitals. And how do we do that? Well, you know, there's several ways we do that, but we the things we focus on are things that deal with the product, but it's not the product of exactly what it looks like, but it's how does it interact with the end user, right? So think about, you know, Apple does a great job about this with this is they try to build tools that are very intuitive. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, you know, an iPhone, an iPad, and a MacBook Air, a MacBook Pro, whatever, they all work together. And if you can use one, you can use all of them. Right. And that to me is looking beyond just a feature set, but how how is my customer going to integrate them, their lives with this product, right? And, and how is it going to affect their lives? How intuitive is it? What do we try? What do we, what do we want this to happen at the end of the day? And to think through that. And when you do that, you wind up creating an experience that is so different than everybody else's. And if you do it right, then, you know, I don't want to say you don't have a competition, but your competition changes from the other two or three companies out there to, your competition becomes being the very best at that. Yeah, it's such a cool competition because, you know, using Apple as, as that example is they create tremendous value for their end users through integration, through, you know, a, a, a sexy UI, through and through brand equity, frankly, as well. And because of their, their value, they're able to charge a price that is exorbitant, right? Right. Buy a new iPhone now. It, it costs more than buying an $85 LED at, at Sam's Club, which is nuts, yeah. right? Yeah. And it, it speaks to the fact that we, we get so wrapped up in thinking that consumers, and we're B2B in, in, in this regard, are price sensitive, right? right? People are price sensitive. We need to make sure that we're, that we're priced at a point where they can afford it. And if everybody was price sensitive, why does everybody not drive a Kia Rio? That, exactly. Right. Why do you look down and see you know, sports cars and, and luxury cars and some Kias. And it's because I think people are so value conscious. Mm -hmm. And the beauty about that, Tim, is we have the ability as an organization, as a vendor, as a company to directly influence the value. 
mm-hmm. right? With our product, with our features, with our security, but with our people, like as a shroud around all of that. And because our the value that we bring is so much higher, we can charge a price that's 25 to 30% higher than our competitors and kick their ass every time because the the consumer sees the value mm-hmm. and it becomes less about price and more about getting the best experience and the best value relative to that dollar. Right. And we can impact that directly on value and then impact directly what the customer is willing to pay as a price point. Exactly. And, and you know, you constantly have to tweak what that is. You know, you think about just our, even our services group of where we've come over the last three or four years and, and it's still not where we want to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And the product of where it's come from. You know, we're, we're in the process of, we've been working on an, an, a completely new product for gosh, about a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And it's still another few months out, but you think about what we've put into that. And it's not about the feature set. It's focusing on the experience that in this case, the patient's going to have, um, it, you know, it's a constant struggle to say, we've, we've got to be better. We've got to make this better. We've got to keep tweaking it because we're already actually past it. I think today at one o'clock, um, I have a call to see where are we with this and I'm mm-hmm. going to see the product for the first time in months. And I know that we're actually going to see that, but what we're actually talking about is not the release of that product, but we're already talking about the release of 1.1 yeah. and, and thinking through that of what's going to be expected next. Um, and to me, that's what's fun. And that's the competition part of this is building something even better than what we think we're capable of doing and creating experience from a services standpoint, a support standpoint, that goes beyond what anybody else is doing. And if we do that right, then the competition in our small little vertical really becomes somewhat insignificant. But it doesn't change the fact that we're competing. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's almost, what I'm hearing, it's, it's almost a blend. Like, if you're going to enter, enter, enter into a new vertical, you have to have a baseline competitor. These people have been in this vertical for X amount of years. Mm-hmm. Here's the product. Mm-hmm. We think we have the ability to build a product that either gets parity or is better. Right. Whatever that means. Right. But then it has to focus over into internal and how do you build a product that's that's good, that's stable, that's sexy, that's intuitive, that gives a good user experience. Um, but then how do you sell it? How do you market it? How do you implement it? How do you support it? How do you keep those customers that are not just happy customers, but are evangelists that take you to the next level, right? And those things only happen through keeping an eye on the external competition, but drilling into and focusing day in and day out on how you get better as an organization competing against yourself from yesterday, from the week before or whatever. I like that. I like that. That's a good place to stop, I think. Wow. I impress myself sometimes. <laughs> there's there's always a day. <laughs> good. Hey, Even I, a broken watch is right twice a day. That's Bryce. exactly right. Hey, I enjoyed this. This was good. Um, man, this is right up my alley of what I think about all the time. So this is great. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about the hopefully not impending cataclysmic explosion of about 1.35 p.m. after this MVP demo. You know what's going to But gonna uh, stand by. Stand you know by for... Uh, At least you'd be prepared. If it's depending on how many alarm fire it's going to be. You will you will hear uh you will hear clapping or you'll hear screaming yeah so uh yeah we'll see how it goes so stand by for part two stand by for part two (laughs) it'll be five minutes of just screaming or clapping and that'd be the whole podcast well there's always something to look forward to there is all right right, thanks till next time